Hi, Ella. How are you, darling? Hello. Good to see you. You all back and looking refreshed after Costa Rica? Oh, I had a wonderful time. What did you do? Oh, my goodness. Um, I reconnected with an old friend who I hadn't seen for 11 years. Wow. And I stayed with her. I was there for two weeks and it was a beach town that she's in and going to the beach and a sunset tour with dancing and um do you have some good food do they have good food there pardon do they have good food there food do they have good food i'll just turn up the volume i have a hearing bit of a hearing problem Testing, testing, how's that? Testing, I don't testing. know what I did. How how's do I that? get us back? What did you do? I lost you. You can't see me at all? Um, Look down at the bottom and see if there's a camera. You see down at the bottom, look at your screen, and then it'll probably be to your left-hand side. You'll see a little microphone. Okay. And you see the camera with the X. Yes. Did you get me back? Yes, I got you back. Yay. <laughs> so did you have a good time? I, I mean, you had a good time. Did you have some good food? Was there good food in Costa Rica? Oh, yeah. I had a lovely time reconnecting with my friend and going to the beach. And uh, going to Nicoya to see the oldest church in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Did you go to the rainforest at all? No. No? no. Did you have good food? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah? Um, yeah, my friend did the cooking and she wanted to feed me because she said the restaurants were expensive. They are, but there's nothing like a good homemade meal with friends. That's true. So tell us a little bit about you, Ella B, for my brains. For your brain. Okay. Well, I wrote my book, Toxic, The Big Bad Wolf is a Fairy Tale, during the COVID years when you were not supposed to go out. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had almost no social life. So I took, I, I found an author mentor online and she helped me with my first draft. And uh, then I hired an editor and publisher um, and was working really hard. I'm retired. So, you know, that was something for me to do during those years. So tell us a little bit about the book and what is the premise of the book? Okay. Um, the topic of the book is toxic relationships. Um, specifically, I share my experience with a man who... who said he was a shaman and he was psychic 
and he claimed to be very spiritual, but he was trying to control me. And he, not, no verbal abuse or beatings, but uh, psychically, emotionally, and spiritually, he um, also was my counselor. He was married and he was 34 years older than me. And it's also about um, what happened, the PTSD I had after we finally broke off. My life did not go back to normal. Um, I experienced mental illness, anxiety, depression, um, frightening urges, uh, sense of doom, and I became bulimic. Wow. How long were you with this guy? 14 months. He put the spin golly on you in 14 months? Yeah. Um, but it took me several years to find the help I needed. I couldn't find the right kind of help. It took me a long time. Well, I'm going to, you know what? It seems like there's a pattern because I have another guest that's coming on that talks about how her stepfather put spells on her. And it's right along that sign that that line of brainwashing. How did he get into you? I mean, you said he was your counselor. So when he's your counselor, he's your confidant. You're telling him a lot of personal things, trying to work through issues. Did he try to push up on you? Was he trying to be flirtatious and have a relationship with you? Uh, he was pretty quick with that. Um, uh, I fell in love with him, like about our first meeting. I sort of he seemed like everything I wanted in a man. Wow! And I'd never been with anyone before. I was scared of men, so I wanted a counseling to how to um, enable me to get involved with you know dating and whatever well um, and i, I, and I, hate and I to ask this. you can answer this question if you want to or not but were you a virgin was i were you a virgin allergic no a virgin a virgin yes i definitely was oh. um on our I pretty well talked to him about everything during the first two meetings. And I thought, well, I have nothing more to share and he wasn't very helpful. So I thought the third meeting, um, you know, it will be goodbye. But anyways, he sensed there was a block between us and he said, um, oh, you know, what? there's something between us. Uh, could you tell me? what's on your mind? I said, I was embarrassed. I said, well, I've fallen in love with you. Oh, wow. And this is the space for a counselor to recommend someone else or to talk about transference, sort of like, and tell me it's not appropriate or, you know, and 
but he right away said, oh, I've fallen in love with you at our first meeting, but how can we get together? It was just oh. like that. Well, how old were you? I was 23. And I had problems with men um, due to my father being an alcoholic. Okay. And so you're being, looking so you're looking again for that father figure, that male role model. And it just, you know, and he said all the right things and got you all involved in his headspace. So how did you find out he was married? Um, he told me. Wow. <laughs> and he was also 34 years older than me. Wow. But <laughs> They say your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. Uh, <laughs> I thought I could, I didn't want to ruin his marriage or his family life. Right. So I thought if I could just be with him a few times and I'd carry away a beautiful memory wow. and we could go on with our lives, but it didn't turn out that way. Okay. So you said he started with the control. What was he trying to do? Was he asking you for money or, you know, isolating you from your family? What kind of control? Oh, um, quite a, a, yeah, he did isolate me from my family. My, he was also a family counselor. My mother fell in love with him. Oh, what? <laughs> it's like a soap opera. Uh, wow. And I couldn't tell her. I was very protective of him. Oh, I don't want to ruin his reputation. Uh, so I couldn't tell her. Um, yeah, there was a, a lot of wait, 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 wait. So your wait, so your mother was your mother getting counseling from him as well? Well, she was in counseling with him first because she was having trouble with my teenage sister. Did your sister fall in love with him too? No, she had she had her head on straight. Wow. But he tried to control me like he was psychic. I saw that he really was psychic. But then he started using it to control me. And it wasn't genuine psychic powers. He said. Um, it was probably demonic. That sounds demonic to me. Well, um, he supposedly St. Peter spoke through him and St. Peter was his guardian and Joan of Arc was my guardian. I had my doubts, but I didn't listen to them. And sometimes if he didn't like something I was doing, I, you know, St. Peter would scold me. <laughs> wow. Wow. I know I'm laughing about it now. Wow, well, you know, I what doesn't kill you makes you strong. So when did you when did you break the spell? When did you get from up under his control? And how? Um what got me out of his control? Yes. Well, it was I had a breaking point. Uh I was isolated from my family because he thought I should move away you know not in walking distance with them and I was this is 
I don't want to go through the whole story, but someone at work saw me with him and deduced that we were lovers and I got bullied at work. Um, I was isolated from my friends. I couldn't be honest with my friends or if I visited my family. I used to be very close to my mom and now it was all surface and and I just had too much. And so I did break off with him for the first time. And then I, we did get together a second time, but the second time was final. Now, how'd your mother break off from him? How do I? How did your mother break off from him? Oh, well, um, I finally decided to tell my mother. Um, it was very difficult. I didn't know how she would react. She was in Al-Anon. I don't know if you heard about that organization. It's for families of alcoholics. Okay. And uh, she had a prayer on her wall, which was, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And she lived by that. She didn't quite know how to react for a week, but a, a week after I told her, she said, um, you're my daughter, you know, I, you know, you'll always be my daughter. And when I asked her not to, he used to come to family dinners, he insinuated himself into my family. Um, so, yeah, um, so, she didn't okay. accept so, his visits. So she she got the discernment to break it off with him. Huh? And, and you and her reconciled and you had a conversation about yeah. what's going on. Wow. So yeah. you wrote a book about this. Yes. Tell, tell us what's inside the pages of your book. Do you talk about your recovery and your redemption? Yes, I do. Yes, it, it took me a long time to find it, but what really helped is Al-Anon, the Friends of Family and Alcoholics group with the 12 steps. They're very spiritual. And also I found the right sort of therapy. It took a long time, but it was um, gestalt therapy and bioenergetics. It was like all the trauma was locked up in my body. And I, it wasn't good enough for me just to talk head to head with the counselor. I needed to express it through my body. And that's what those two types of psychotherapy are about. And uh, it really let out a lot. And yeah, then I had to learn to let go of it, to learn how to forgive and especially to forgive myself, which was the hardest thing to do. And also to trust. Yeah, to trust. Wow. So where are you now? Are you Have you fallen in love again? Um, I, well, my husband has been dead for, for 11 years, so I'm oh. a widow, but I did 
know, find find a really good man to marry after I had, you know, in, enough recovery for that. And I, I still had to, had some issues to resolve, but he, he was a good man. We were together for 30 years. He, so he was patient and understanding and he was kind. Yes. That's and he had a sense of humor. Do you have children? No, no. I'm, it was by choice. I have a lot of interests and he, he was an artistic, although he had a full-time job. So um, we talked about it before we got married. That's beautiful though, that you found each other. So what would you say to a woman that, because in my opinion, it sounds like you were almost brainwashed. Yeah, I guess it does sound that way. I have a, a, a friend that has been under the spell of someone for 30 years. She says he's a guru. I don't know about gurus. I don't, you know, I don't know what the, what that is. But she would tell me that he would make her meditate for like four hours at a time. Oh. Uh, he would have make suggestions in her mind. He would isolate her from her family. He would restrict her food. He would restrict, uh, she would have to ask to go to the bathroom. And she finally got away after 30 years. But do you know that she still drives past the house where he lives with 30 other people every day to work, still to this day? Oh my God. And the trauma there, she'll say his name and she'll just start jumping and twitching and it's it's really, really, yeah, it's really embedded in the psyche. And I can see how you were young and vulnerable, looking for a father figure, wanting to explore yourself, explore, you know, intimacy as a young woman, and you get caught up in someone that trusts you. What would you say to another young girl that's at that place right now? What advice would you give her? Uh, well, I I would sh probably share some of my experience, and I would tell her my healing journey, and I but I would say to her, you have to find your own healing journey. You don't have to do everything I did, because um, what works for me might not work for her but the biggest thing is not to give up looking for the right sort of therapy or healing or group support for you um, the group support is good because you don't feel so alone um, but if she was with a guru I would say she would need deprogramming because um, wow. that's like a cult Wow. Well, but I didn't never, want to never give up. up. Never give up. You hear that, young women? Never give up. Uh, Not on yourself. Some, uh, I'm going to have another guest that uh, has been human trafficked. And she says some of the same similar things that the, the pimp 
is controlling and he does all of these other things. But at first, initially, he starts with the love. I love you. I didn't mean that. I hit you, but I won't hit you again. Uh, if you love me, you'll do this. I'm the person that you can trust. I'm the only person that you can trust. And then turned around to she's not worthy and you're nothing and this. It's a whole mind trip. So you wrote a book. Um, let me see. What did you tell me the title of the book was? It was The Big Bad Wolf is a Fairy Tale. Look at that. Toxic. The Big Bad Wolf is a Fairy Tale. Not very, not, is that not I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Let me do that again. Oh, no, 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 put it back, put it back so I can edit that again. Put it up, okay, and put your face in it. Yeah, okay, hold on. There you go. Toxic the big bad wolf is not a fairy tale. That's right. Tell us what's inside the book. Would you read us an excerpt? Yes, I will. Now, Paul, that's not his real name. He wanted us to do a spiritual marriage, even though he was already married. Mm. This was supposed to be spiritual. And he says, oh, it's not legal. Um, and I didn't really want a long relationship because I had a lot of things I dreamed of doing. But because I wanted to please him, I said, okay. So I'll, I'll read this now. The ceremony, how would I describe it? I hate to say this, but mostly it felt hokey. Maybe if it took place in a more natural setting, it would have felt more spiritual. Um, I tried not to, let's see, Paul and I knelt before the coffee table. He lifted the glass and drank, but didn't swallow the water. Instead, he wrapped an arm around my back and dipped me as if we were doing the tango. Then he pressed his mouth to mine to share the water with me. I must choke, mustn't laugh, or I'll lose it for sure. Then it was the same thing with the bread. Paul chewed and I got dipped once again. Gross. I had to force myself not to spit out the remains of the bread. I wanted to retch. Somehow I managed not to. I felt a giggle coming on. Paul produced this long hunting knife encased in a leather sheath. I, Grey Wolf, give my soul into the keeping of this woman, my wife, Fawn, he intoned that he chose the name for me. Fawn? A cute little helpless fawn? I was a young woman about to pursue her dreams and ambitions, full of hope and bright excitement. I felt like a rocket ready to launch, explore, discover strange new worlds and seek out new civilizations. Okay, okay, so shoot me, I'm a Trekkie to stop this nonsense, but fawn is not who I am. Well, too late now. He handed me the knife. I stared at it as if it was a live snake. 
writhing, writhing in my hand. I don't want it. I don't want to be responsible for his soul. This part is too much. What have I got myself into? God, if I ever leave this woman, may I be struck dead by the knife. He can't possibly be serious. It must just be his way of expressing his love for me. Gripping the knife in my hand, I decided to throw caution to the wind. And may the knife also kill me should I ever leave this man, I intoned. Paul's jaw dropped. Darling, you should never have said that. It's dangerous. Of course, I added the agreed upon, may I be unhappy for the rest of my life. What a good little fawn I was. After the ceremony, he was positively ecstatic, almost dancing on air. He told me this was the happiest day of his life. He kissed me exuberantly. The more buoyant Paul was, the more weighted down I felt. There was a bad feeling in my stomach, as if I'd eaten something indigestible. My saliva tasted bitter, like bile. When Paul left, he practically skipped out the door. Listlessly, I put the knife into its new hiding place in the suitcase under my bed. I drank some water and popped a gravel and an aspirin for my raging headache. Thank God that's over. But my subconscious mind stored the whole thing for future reference. And someday there would be hell to pay. And there was. Wow. Oh my God. That should be a mini series. Uh, on Netflix. That should be a Netflix movie. Mm -hmm. Could be a movie. <laughs> yes. So how old were you around that time? How how far were you into this relationship? 23. 23. Wow. It happened 50 years ago. And you recall it? So you go through this therapy and you come out on the other side did you have a lot of self-love and resilience and recovery that you had to work through to forgive yourself for being vulnerable? Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it, it took a number of years to, you know, and to let go of him and... Um, also needed to forgive my dad because that was kind of the root of my trouble with men and to, you know, forgive myself. And eventually I did forgive Paul, um, not because what he did was right, but just to be able to let go in peace and move on. A lot of people always say that Forgiveness is for self more so than the other person. Yeah, I would agree with that. Did his wife ever find out? Um, she must have. The second time we were involved, he wanted to marry me legally and uh, divorce his wife. Mm. Um, oh, it's you have to read the book. Um, absolutely he got involved with his daughter-in-law um 
and they lived together for, for a number of years. So obviously his wife had to find out. Well, he just was having a bunch of polyamorous relationships all over the place. But yeah, some people, some people are, it's okay. You know, I don't know. Well, I am so glad that you shared your story with us because it is really amazing. I'm glad that you are uh, recovered and well, and you are here to tell the tale and to share in the glory and the goodness of what life has to offer, to know that there is redemption and that you can forgive yourself and still fall in love and live a very full life. Please tell my brains where they can get a copy of the book. Um, presently, it's through Amazon. Okay. And then show it again. Let's see it. Sorry? Put it up so we can see it again. Um. Okay. Through Amazon? No, no. Put the book cover up so we can see it. Sure, 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 sure. Pull it back. Oh, Toxic. The Big Bad Wolf is not a fairy tale. Brains, I would run out and get that. It doesn't look like it's extremely thick, so that would be a good weekend read to cuddle up with some tea and listen to Ella B's story. I'll be right back. Forgot to mute my phone. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I didn't even hear it. That's fine. I'll count you back in on three. I'll count you back in on three. One, two, three. So this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for reading and being with us here on The Edge. Do you have a website, Ella B? Uh, yes, I do. It is... Um... HTTPS colon uh, and then the two backward slashes spotlight publishing dot uh, com toxic it's long um hey you what we'll do this. underline no no what we'll do is Type it in Messenger for me, and I'll put it in the interview. Okay. So just type the so whole I'll, thing to me. I'll email it. And I think you were going to take my picture. A friend printed this off for me. I am. All right. So just hold it. Put your book. Wait, put. No, no, no. Put the, put the book down first. Put the book down. Put that up. Put it to. Yeah. Put it to the side. Put it to the side, put it on the side, right? Okay, on the side, on the side. okay? So give it a minute, hold on. That. Okay, now take the book, put that down and take the book and put it up. So I can see the book, I can get a picture with the book. On the, uh, yeah, the whole book so I can see the whole cover. Yep, there you go, smile. Okay. 
Well, Ella, thank you so much. Let me stop the recording here.